Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Hi and welcome to the After the Bell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. I'm Georgie, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, who are part of the Thirsty Scholars group. In today's episode, we turn to our series supporting new and aspirational tutors. And I'm delighted to say that today we're joined by Rebecca Cracknell, who is an established tutor and has also written a number of courses for Thirsty Scholars to support new and existing tutors. Today, we're going to start with unpacking what it's like to get started as a tutor and discuss any challenges or top tips that Rebecca went through while she was actually starting her tutor journey. So without further ado, I'm going to head over to Rebecca Cracknell. Rebecca, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Um, Did you want to share with us, first of all, what's your background and how long have you been tutoring for now? Hi Georgie, Uh, thank you for having me. So um, I am an English teacher. I started teaching in 2004 straight out of university um, and I did a GTP programme and from there I've done tutoring throughout my career. Um, I've tutored privately, I was part of the one-to-one tuition programme that ran in schools and more recently I've um, stepped back from teaching in schools Um, and have worked as part of the uh, National Tutoring Programme whilst also continuing with my private tuition as well. Um, So it's quite a traditional route into tutoring, I'd say, in that I've had experience in education um, and working in a classroom first. Um, Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for that. I know that actually you, we've, uh, you've been included as one of the case studies from the National Tutoring Programme. They actually shared with you and interviewed. Yeah. yeah so, uh, and so that information was pushed out. So look out for Rebecca if you want to find out more from, uh, from her there. So you shared that your English, is that primary and secondary that you do or, or, or sort of what subjects are you actually tutoring in at the moment? So I worked, um, for over 15 years in a secondary school and I love tutoring GCSE and that's my favourite thing to tutor but I do work with um, students of all ages tutoring English um, including primary um, which has taught me a lot um, and I've really enjoyed that. I also tutor maths um, as well and I think that being able to offer the two is quite a useful combination. Um, I tutor language and literature and with the younger students just kind of building confidence with using English as well. So yeah, brilliant. Okay, so that is that would be around sort of things like the phonics and in particular I think there's the new reading framework, isn't there? So yes, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Work with both of those. Um so uh doing phonics, um I I learned a lot about phonics when I had children of my own. And so being able to use that with younger students was really useful um, and to help build their confidence and reinforce what they were doing in school. Excellent. That's really good. And um, so what made you decide, crunch question here, what made you decide? <laughs> to 
Um, well, if I'm completely honest, when I tutored um, while still working as a classroom teacher, I didn't massively enjoy it. It felt a little bit like an additional thing to do at the end of the day. And so I didn't uh, I didn't do it that much. When I really made the decision to become a tutor was when I had a family of my own. Um, what I was looking for was a career where I was able to use all of the skills that I had learned through working in education um, and also um, a job that allowed me to do all of the things I loved about working in education but in a way that was more flexible. Um, I felt that as a parent I wasn't giving the children in my class a hundred percent of me and when I was giving the children in my class a hundred percent of me I wasn't um, giving my own children a hundred percent and I also kind of felt that um, I didn't want to give it up completely so I made the decision that I would kind of step back from working full-time in school and my school um, were very supportive of that and let me work um, offering some small group intervention in school and that built my confidence with working kind of in smaller groups or one-on-one -on -one with students and made me think that actually tutoring might be a career for me. Um, from there I had a couple of private clients that I worked with um, and students that I picked up through word of mouth and then um, it was probably due to the pandemic that I looked at tutoring as part of the national tutoring program and I joined Connex and from there I did some online sessions which is something I'd never done before and I thought yeah this is something I could definitely do it's combining my skills it's giving me all of the things that I really enjoy about working with students and teaching but in a way that is so much more flexible than being um, in a school you know um, all day every day. And I love the fact that you I, you've really clearly explained the sort of the transition that you've gone through there Rebecca I think that's that's really helpful for people um, obviously there's also the sort of the graduate route and we see people um, moving across there and we we kind of insist that we have qualified teachers here for Connects Education Partnership um, who who tutor with as part of the group but it's great to hear um, also that you you clearly identified a, a niche that that works for you and that it, it gives you a great work-life balance which I think is one of the things that when we talk to tutors they often share with us. So how often are you actually tutoring on a weekly basis now? So I probably tutor between four and five times a week. Um, I usually do it in the evenings um, but as I primarily deliver GCSE sometimes uh, I've been fortunate enough that I've picked up some sessions with schools during the day, which is really useful. Um, I also offer a couple of sessions with some families where I work with them on an ad hoc basis. So they maybe want some intensive work in, in holiday time or uh, the odd weekend if they have got something that they're struggling with. Um, but usually it's around four to five times a week. Brilliant. 
Thank you for sharing that. And and do you find it fits around your sort of other commitments quite quite well as a, as a natural sort of um, process? Yeah, completely. I think the thing that makes it work for me is that I have the control over when I do it. So if um, a student comes to me and it is at a time or if it, um, it's worked through the agency and it comes at a time that isn't what going to work for me I'm able to say no without there feeling any pressure that I have to work to a certain schedule um, and then I'm able to you know pick up sessions at, at, at times that really do work for me meaning that I can be there for all of the things with my own family um, and also kind of pursue my own interests and things outside of tutoring um, at, at times that work for me rather than being tied to kind of um, set hours that are dictated by somebody else. Yeah, brilliant. So um, what I'm getting here is a sense that actually you would recommend tutoring as, as a, um, an option, particularly if you, you've got sort of, you know, strong, um, you know, life balances as well that you need to juggle. So um, would you agree with that or... Most definitely. I think um, in the per past couple of years, the importance of kind of flexible working is highlighted everywhere for us. And that's not just for parents um, with children. It's for people who might be carers or just people who need that balance in their own own life for whatever whatever reason. Um, I think, you know, the days when a job was nine to five, Monday to Friday have have just completely gone. And I think that all of us can look for ways that we can incorporate that balance into our lives. And I think being able to um, provide tutoring sessions at times that suit when families want them or at times when schools want them and you being able to pick and choose what you're able to offer is just the perfect way for doing that. I think that it's um, something that it, it allows you to work in a way that works for you rather than you trying to shift yourself and change and adapt to fit into what somebody else is dictating, um, which in terms of like a career is really, really rewarding. Absolutely. So it, it sounds like it's ticking the boxes for you at the moment, Rebecca. Yeah, definitely. Uh, something that um, I think when we chatted before and um, I perhaps didn't um, sort of ask about before was actually how, how did you actually what was the process in working with Connects Education to become a tutor? Was it quite streamlined? What, what did you have to do to get get on the sort of the national tutoring programme? So um, it was it was really smooth. I had seen an advert online. I literally emailed and applied. I don't even think I sent an email. I think I clicked on a link and applied. So about as simple as it could be. And then from there, I had um, telephone conversations. I completed um, like I, uh, an application for my DBS, which obviously I had already had, so that I was safeguarding compliant, which is quite reassuring when you're starting out working as a tutor, because you're obviously working with students and as well as protecting them, you want to protect yourself. So to know that all of that's in place is, is really helpful. Um, I completed some training looking at 
data protection and something else possibly that I cannot remember right now. Um, and from there, then I was given the option of sessions that were available via email and I was able to pick and choose and, you know, build, building up a relationship that way with the staff at Connex so that they knew the subjects that I was comfortable delivering, my preferences for age ranges of students, the times that I was available, it meant that when they um, got sessions in, they were matching things to my needs as well as me saying what what I what I needed from them. They were aware of that from the conversations that we've had. So um, it was a really smooth process, and um, felt quite effortless actually. <laughs> Um, that makes that fills me with joy, Rebecca. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the difference between working with an agency and kind of finding clients of your own. Um, when I previously worked on like picking up clients on word of mouth and things like that, sometimes that process can feel a bit tricky because you're trying to you're trying to juggle exactly what people want. Um, and you're obviously having to do all of the admin involved, but working with Connex somebody else is doing that for you which makes it really really easy yeah we, we take some of the legwork out of it yeah definitely yeah and and um if people aren't aware connects education partnership we we work with um last year through the national tutoring program we supported over twenty five thousand tutors so, um, so pupils so um and and delivered sort of with uh, you know and significant nearly a thousand number of tutors last year we were able to support and deliver over a hundred thousand uh, tuition sessions so you know we, we have got the experience there we also really pride ourselves on making sure that tutors new tutors particularly when you're getting started feel comfortable they're appropriate there's rigorous checks that go on board um, and you actually get a suite of free training um, as part of the tuition program. More recently, we've got re-engaging in uh, reluctant learning and also one that you've written yourself, Rebecca, about <laughs> tutor online, which has been really useful. And I know a number of tutors are actually um, accessing that at, at the moment as we speak. It has um, been nice to see that grow through the year as well from when yeah. I when I first signed up. So, yeah, there's much more available. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so what is one piece of advice that you'd give to anyone who's starting out as a tutor? I think when you're starting out as a tutor, I think the most important thing is communication. I think in order for that to run smoothly, I think you need to be very clear with yourself about what you can offer, when you can offer it, and what your preferences would be so that then when you are communicating that with um, potential families or when you're communicating that with an agency that you're working with, you are actually getting what you want um, to begin with. From there, obviously, communication with students is vital and building up that relationship um, Two, I think being able to find out exactly why that student is accessing tutoring is really important because not everybody accesses tutoring for the same reason. I've worked with students who are doing the 11 plus and accessing it for that reason. I've worked with students who are, you know, top of their class and looking to get that grade nine. Um, but I've also worked with students who find school really hard or students who don't enjoy 
their subject and being able to understand why that child needs you means that you can give them exactly what they need um, and you're not offering a kind of one-size-fits-all approach to their education you're um, adapting and you're being flexible and you're kind of shifting as you learn more about them um, but I think being able to communicate both your needs in the um, initial kind of setup but also listening and really hearing what they say um, means that your the provision that you offer is going to meet that. Yeah, thank you for that. I think it, it's great to hear that actually you you are able to tailor your mm. sort of your tuition to to the needs of of the tu um, the pupil and. Actually, there's there's so much evidence to show that the power of being a tutor, you could be the difference in re-engaging that learner into lifelong learning, actually getting them back into the system. We've got a number of sort of um, relationships with different sort of, um, uh, particularly there's one in Birmingham where we support sort of learners that have actually come out of um, education, traditional education for a number of reasons, could be SEN, could be sort of different challenges that they've had along the way and working with them on a tutor basis to actually get them their confidence built and they're, they're re-engaged and gently reintroduced back into the classroom. So the power of the tutor should not be underestimated. There's always been um, a bit of a reputation that actually tutoring is a lesser role than um, a sort of an academic teacher, but absolutely more and more the evidence is showing that that's not the case. So it's great to hear from uh, your, your, your perspective as well there. I think it's really nice because you can see that that's changing as well yeah. I think as you say once upon a time tutoring was seen as like second second rate teaching whereas I think there are many more teachers who are actively involved in tutoring now and I think that there are schools that value the role of the tutor too and they're bringing tutors in to support what's already going on in their classroom and I think I think that's that's really great um because as you say um because you're building up relationships with students on a on a sort of smaller, more intimate scale, you can be the person that changes the way in which they engage with their education. And that is a really, really rewarding thing to be able to say that you do. Absolutely. I can see you smiling there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you thoroughly enjoy your role. And, and um, we're very encouraged by what we're hearing from the Department of Education. Um, more recently, I was privileged to um, present at the Tutors Association conference and uh, alongside was the Secretary of State, Nadine. Um, and he was actually reinforcing this message about tutoring and actually how it's going to be actually forming a part of the education system much more formally. And, and I think that can only be seen as a, a positive step in the flexibility and recognising individual um, pupil needs and responses that a classroom doesn't always suit every every child. Um, and, and certainly from my perspective, I think I would have like to have seen a lot more of this much earlier um, and I think we would all agree it's, it's a step in the right direction so Definitely. how yeah sorry Rebecca. How, how important is it to be supported during your initial days as a new tutor 
Um, I think when you start out, you might get it wrong. So you're not going to get it right completely the first time. And so having a support network, whatever that might look like, is vital. So I would recommend that if you are starting out and doing it for the first time, working with an agency such as Connex is really useful because you know that they are covering all of the things that need to be covered and ticking all of the boxes that need to be ticked. When you're doing that on your own, um, it can be slightly more confusing and there's more scope for you to to miss something out and have to learn from your mistakes um i think that one of the hardest things is when you when you work in a school um all of your cpds covered for you you know what's coming up in education you know what the changes are you know what the new frameworks or the new policies are going to be and i think when you're working as a tutor that is your responsibility so you are needing to stay abreast of all of that and I think making sure that you have got a network so that you can stay up to date on that information is really useful um, that you can access training if you need it that you can um, find out about uh, changes in specifications or in like anything to do with the subject knowledge that's going on I think that that's a a key thing having that you've got other people there to support you um that you can bounce questions off that you can learn about sort of different practical approaches to working with different types of students um and again having having that support through an agency is a great place to start i think from there i i'm seeing more and more kind of tutoring faces on social media and things like that and being able to follow people who are doing the same thing as you and who are sharing their resources is another brilliant way to make those connections but I think support is vital because it can feel like you're trying to do it on your own and whilst that's fine while everything's going smoothly once you encounter a bit of a problem or something that isn't working having someone to turn to is really useful and you know coming from teaching they're the sort of conversations that you would have in a staff room and you obviously don't have that in the first instance when you're working as a tutor on your own you you, you can't just finish a session and then turn around and go oh this happened today you're having to having to navigate that yourself so knowing where you can turn if you do encounter a, a, a sort of a problem or you need to learn something is um really important Absolutely. And I would totally wholeheartedly support that as well. Um, over the next sort of year, we're looking at working and developing a, a sort of community hub as well. Um, so over the next few months, you'll actually start to have that opportunity to discuss. And there are a number of other sort of organisations that I would fully support getting involved in if you're considering becoming a tutor, such as the, the Tutors Association. Another one is the Qualified Tutor. Um, and uh, they actually give sort of additional support um, to that sort of community, enabling you to share and ask questions as well. So it's great to hear that those resources are also out there externally um, and also revert back to us here at Connects Education Partnership. We're always more, more than happy to kind of support or handhold on, along the way. We've got um, a great team here to uh, support you. So what resources would you recommend? um 
sort of um, when you're actually getting started to become a tutor, Rebecca? Do you mean in terms of practical resources to use in yeah. your sessions? Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously a lot of that depends on whether you're working in line, um, online sorry, or in person. Um, but a great starting point is always to make sure that you are familiar with whatever assessment that child is working towards. Because whether we like it or not, that will be what they are covering in school. So if you're working with a GCSE student, knowing that they are working on uh, whichever syllabus and uh, whichever exam board and covering whatever text is kind of a great place to start in terms of your resources. I think from, from there, you then don't necessarily have to address that in when you're starting out with the student but it, it it places in your mind what you're working towards and what they are going to have to um achieve whether uh i don't know how to phrase this sorry um understanding what they're working towards means that you can frame in your mind how you can move them towards that goal so um there's obviously on all of the exam boards, not only the specifications, but there's um, um, assessment materials and mark schemes. And I think starting there is possibly one of the most important things. I think then in terms of how you deliver that, um, if you're working online, um, I, I worked with Connex who have an amazing kind of virtual classroom which has an interactive whiteboard that you can work on together and share your resources that way it might be that you're delivering it and you need to sort of create that that space through whichever platform you choose to use so zoom teams google uh, whatever whatever you're working with but it's it's thinking about the way in which the resources that you choose are going to work for the student that you're working with because it may be the case that actually something like powerpoints just reminds them of school and they might not want that and what they might really want to see is your face and you talking them through something step by step or it might be that they're the sort of student who really um, loves a game and something like Kahoot where they can be doing quizzes to answer that um, or um, something more technical and if you're working with them in person it's trying to gauge whether the resources that you need are um, exemplar materials to share with them so that they can really understand the sorts of things that they should be looking to achieve or whether they are needing to build their confidence with something so doing it practically and modeling and scaffolding and building it up from um, a sort of a, a really basic level with them so you you're working on it together from the ground up um, so you know using uh, mini whiteboards or something like that um, it, it it does largely depend on the sort of student that you're working with and what their specific needs are, but knowing and understanding what they're working towards is the most important thing and kind of working backwards from there.
Thank you so much, Rebecca. I, I, you said that so passionately as well. <laughs> going off thinking about being. Sorry, in, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wonderful. It's, it's great to, to see. And um, and also, um, I'm not sure if people are aware, but we do offer, um, and this is something that we've recently sort of been focusing on, on quality, is actually um, baseline assessments now. So, um, you know, measuring, and this is something that schools can actually use when you're working in a school environment, um, measuring where your your tutor, um, so your pupil is starting, um, and then actually where they are at the end, and and giving sort of um, learning sequences and interventions and and tools and tips um, that the tutor can actually take and use as part of that process. So um, here we sort of look to provide those as well as we. Um, uh, work through that process. So you'll see more of that coming out very soon. Uh, just so that's a, a bit hot off the press there for you. Rebecca. <laughs> um, are there any kind of challenges? You know, we've talked about all the great stuff here, but are there any challenges that you'd like to make other people aware of when you're starting out as a tutor? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're working with students, so there can always be the challenge of the student themselves. Um, you never really quite know what you're going to get. And I, I am a big believer that there is somebody for everyone. So it's hopeful. And I, in my experience, I have found that I've been matched with students who are going to work well with me. Um, but there is that challenge. There is also the challenge in um, the nature of the work in that it is flexible work. So you are having to stay on top of that in terms of thinking about times in the year when you're not going to have that work and managing managing to kind of cover that in terms of your finances and things like that yourself. Um, the admin involved as well I'd say that although when you think of when you think oh I'm going to tutor that student for 40 minutes an hour what however long your session is you also have to take into consideration the fact that you are going to need to plan and prepare that that session for it in order for it to run smoothly that actually sometimes that planning and preparing can take almost longer than it does in a classroom because you're planning for um, really rapid progress and so the the chances of things going off in different directions and um, what you might might want to cover um, whilst you're not having to pr produce the same sort of resources as you might in a classroom you are having to think about and take time to consider all the different places where that might go um, you've also got the idea of um, communicating whether that be with um, a parent or with an agency or a school um, communicating with them about timings of sessions etc and making sure that you are flexible in in the way in which you do that because there are going to be times when there are mock exams on in school and so the sessions aren't going to run or their half term break is at a different time to what you're anticipating it to be based upon schools near you um, or um, simply, I mean, we live in we live in 2021, but uh, bubbles burst and those children aren't in the in in the classroom or whatever, whatever go, goes on. You have to be prepared to adapt to that situation and not take any of that to um, to heart and and kind of just roll with it rather than being 
in a fixed mindset about exactly what your tutoring career is going to look like and on a day-to-day basis you need to be prepared to go okay so that student stopped working with me now and now I'm going to work with the next one and kind of you 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 move and and it changes and it evolves and it grows um on like a day-to-day week by week half term by half term basis it, it's never going to look exactly the same I think being prepared for that degree of flexibility is probably the most important thing that you need to consider in terms of the, the challenge if you like certainty um you need to get over that I did I did <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a really key message is actually when you're tutoring, you do need to think about being flexible um, and adaptable. And you could be working with one to three as a group or you could be on one to one. And actually a session may not necessarily be on the focus that you anticipated it would be when you walked in the room and um, because a learner comes up with something else that they're thinking about at the time. So. Um, yeah, that's great to hear. And I know, again, uh, wanting to plug here, but but actually sharing out that actually there's a great resource that Rebecca's written called Planning and Preparing for Tutoring. Um, and I'd highly recommend actually just going to that session. She's got some great tips and um, strategies there as well. So uh, have a look at that course. Oh, so you. just to wrap up, because I feel like we could chat about yeah. getting started, you know, all day. So it's it's such a such a great sort of wide topic here. What's your one key takeaway? If you could summarise it completely, Rebecca. Mm, it's hard to get it down to just one thing, but I think the most important thing when you're considering becoming a tutor is that you need to be prepared to develop relationships. Um, I think relationships are really at the heart of it. They're at the heart of what makes tutoring so successful for the student um, in that that student needs you, that student relies on you, that student um, needs to feel connected to you so that they will work for you and, and get everything out of the session that you are prepared to offer. But there are also other relationships involved too. So um, you need to respect the relationship that the student has with their existing teachers in the classroom and their relationship with the school. And you need to kind of cultivate that and work with them as well. There's also kind of parents or carers who are involved and thinking about what they might want for that child and whether or not you're able to um, develop that relationship to help support that in any way and obviously if you're working with an agency too it's making sure that you are professional in the way in which you deal with them so that they're going to get you the work that you want and that you're going to kind of um, go out and deal with schools and students in a way that like does them proud um relationships are really at the heart of uh, of everything that you do in tutoring um in a similar way to that they are in a classroom but also very different because they you are responsible for those relationships um in in uh, all aspects of the how they're how they're created and how they develop Thank you so much, Rebecca. I think you summarised that hugely. Um, it's yeah, it's it's about relationships. It's about communication. Um, 
more recently, as I shared uh, the Tutor Association the, at the conference, I did a session around the tutor communication triangle and the fact that there's actually four stakeholders. So you keep everything with the learner at the centre and you, mm -hmm. you one of your key roles is around making sure you're communicating between yourself, the parent and if necessary, the classroom teacher and aligning to the curriculum that's happening as well. So uh, if you have a chance, pop on and watch that session. Thank you so much to our expert tutor, because she is an absolute expert on everything here, uh, Rebecca, and, and for taking the time to chat with us today. And in our next After the Bell podcast, we will actually be featuring a number of sessions around becoming a tutor, getting started, what it's like day to day. And next, the next podcast that we will be talking about will be around the day to day work as a tutor. And Rebecca's going to come back and share some of her uh, experiences, some of her joys and some of her tragedies. Um, and uh, you can pick up the After the Bell podcast, which are released on a weekly basis. And the idea is that we can provide quick tips and discussions around all things education and tutoring. Um, something that you can listen to ideally on your daily commute or when you're on the treadmill or certainly as your focus for the day. Thank you again for listening to us and we look forward to catching up with you very soon. Bye.